Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hey, 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 welcome. I sound a little Yogi Bearish there. Hey, hey, hey. We're on episode nine of Live Free Creative. I'm Miranda Anderson. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for tuning in, for coming back week after week to listen to Live Free Creative. I hope that the podcast has been living up to your expectations. I hope that it's been giving you something to think about. And I love when I see people sharing on Instagram that it's actually inspiring you to do things or to make changes in your life to align more fully with the way that you want to live. I love that so much. Today, I have a great show for us. I'm so excited. This is the kind of topic that I could just dig into for hours and have, actually, as I've prepared for this podcast. I've talked to my sister. I've talked to Dave. I've talked to some good friends all about money and our feelings surrounding money and the ideas that we have about money and the way that that impacts our life. I'm really, really excited to dive in today to two ways to have enough money in your life, and I can't wait to get to that. First, I want to start with a little segment called Odd Jobs. Around this time of year, I always remember the three years in my early marriage that I worked the holiday season at Williams-Sonoma in the Trolley Square Mall in Salt Lake City, Utah. I have to say, people may differ with me about this. If you've worked retail during the holidays, you probably either absolutely loved it or absolutely hated it. I was the former. I absolutely loved it. I had just been married for, I don't know, like a month or two when I got this first holiday shift job. I was working as a CNA part-time, going to school full-time, and working kind of evenings and weekends at Williams-Sonoma, and I felt like I had stumbled into another world. Not only did I not know very much about cooking or anything regarding kitchen gadgets, but I also had never seen so many fancy foods and ingredients and cookbooks and beautiful dishes and silverware. It was like a dream come true. I loved it so much. The store that I worked in in Trolley Square was especially darling. It was an older mall. It was really charming. And the store itself was kind of tucked into a corner. 
And so it just felt super cozy and everything was just shiny and pretty. I loved it. The people that I worked with were really nice. The manager liked me a lot and that always helps, I think, in a retail situation. Basically, I think of the holidays and I think of Williams-Sonoma now. Three things that I learned while I worked there were these. Number one, retail feels like the holidays even if you don't buy anything. And I think especially a cooking store because the holidays revolve so much around cooking and food. Spending a little bit of time in a... Now this is going to fly in the face of all of the other advice that I ever give you. But if you ever feel like a little holiday pick-me-up between October and the end of December, head into a Williams-Sonoma store and just wander around for a minute. Smell the smells. There's usually a sampling going on. They have holiday music playing. They go so full out and it feels so fun. I loved going into work every day when I worked there. I felt like I was transported into like a little North Pole because everything was just gleaming and beautiful and smelled good and we would make these delicious treats to hand out and there was usually cider brewing and it's just like I am probably remembering it a lot more charming and wonderful than it was. You know how your memory does that sometimes, but I loved it. Number two, nice pans are well worth their price. It was a prime time to work in a kitchen store. We had just gotten married. Dave had lived on his own, but didn't have a lot of his own belongings. I had lived on my own in college, but also had lived in the dorms and in a condo with a roommate who had kitchen supplies. So neither of us came to the marriage with any of our own stuff. So we were just relying on wedding gifts, and buying stuff. And because we strategically registered at Williams-Sonoma, knowing that I was planning on getting a job there, we had so much store credit and we had um, gift cards and we had a lot of what felt like play money to invest into our future kitchen. And one of the big purchases that we made while I had an employee discount was to buy a set of all-clad pans, stainless steel pans. They are still the pans that I use today. We've been married for 12 years. I'm using the same pans that I've had since our wedding day. The last thing that I learned that has served me very well in my life is which cutting knife to use when. It's probably redundant to say cutting knife because knives cut. That's what they do. I learned As I worked there and was teaching people about knives, when you are supposed to use which of the knives, I think we may have even have like a knife specialist come in at some point and do like a little workshop for people. It's been nice, not that any knife can't cut anything, but when you're using the right knife for the right application, it's incredible how different of a job it does. It works so much better to use a fillet knife or carving knife for filleting. It works a lot better to use a serrated bread knife to cut bread and to use your chef's knives for chopping. Um, All of those just really basic knife skills that I think even a lot of adults may not have. It was a fun time of my life to learn them way back when because I've been able to, I think, improve my cooking skills a lot, having just sort of a base understanding of a few of those things. So when I'm in the kitchen, actually, I would say 85 to 90% of the kitchen gadgets and pans and dishware and serveware, almost everything that we have that is in our kitchen are things that I acquired during the three years. I worked three seasons 
as holiday help at Williams-Sonoma, and I loved the quality, and I loved the whole experience. I just thought that it was a really, really fun place to work. So with the holidays coming up, that's a fun place to kind of pop in and just like take a sample and take a turn around. That is my odd job for the day. take a second here to just talk again about the incredible tracks of music that I am able to use on my podcast being a member of Pleasant Pictures Music Club. The URL for that is pleasantpictures.club, C-L-U-B, and I love to share. I want to share with you that they just changed their pricing structure as well. I mentioned in one of our earlier episodes that it was about $250 for an annual membership, and they've changed it now so that it's less than that. It's $150 if you pay it all at once, but you can also just buy a month-to-month membership. So I think it's only $15 or $16 to get a monthly access to their year of music. That's those 52 tracks, and every piece of music that they create is incredible and just really, really on point. There's all different genres, so I tend to like a little bit more folksy sounding music, but there's like cool techno music and there's stuff with lots of good beats and there's also some really slow, beautiful sort of um, ballad style music. I don't know. I think ballad refers to singing, but you know what I mean. Check out Pleasant Pictures Music Club if you have any non-royalty music needs in your life, you will not be disappointed. I think you'll love it. Okay, now who wants to talk about money? If I ask that question and you cringe a little bit inside, you will not be alone. Talking about money is not something that we do a lot in our culture. It's not something we do a lot. I think the majority of my listeners here on this podcast are women. It's definitely not something we do a lot as women. I think that that is all to our detriment. I think money is amazing. Money is awesome and it's energy and it creates opportunity. I feel like money is an abundant, renewable resource. I actually remember I've had a job. I think my first paying job outside of the family was when I was about 11 or 12. I started babysitting and I remember the feeling of being paid after my babysitting job and thinking, wow, that was easy. I like hung out with these kids and drank Slurpees and got paid for it. Like, that's awesome. And a little bit later in my life, when I was saving up for things, I generally, as a youth, was saving up for trips and travel. That has always been a priority to me. So I would save up some money for a trip, and then I would go on the trip and I would spend all of my money. I had saved it all up. I'd buy my flight, you know, whatever I needed to pay for for the trip. And then I would come home and not have any money left because I had spent it all on my trip. And I would think, okay, time to make some more money. Isn't it so cool that I can always make more? Whenever I run out of money from spending it, I can make more money. I know that that is not everyone's experience or everyone's thought process. I think when we don't talk about money because of courtesy or culture or sort of we think it's impolite, we think it's tacky, we create it, we turn it into something so private and secretive that it can start to feel embarrassing or shameful that we really aren't open with even ourselves sometimes about how we feel about money. Another interesting perspective is that in religious culture, if you are a member of a religion that believes in the Bible, 
the Bible talks about the love of money being the root of all evil. And in a lot of religious cultures, that idea creates this connection in our heads that money is bad. That if you want money, that you're greedy. That you shouldn't focus at all on money as an important part of your life because that means that your focus is in the wrong place. And I believe that money can help us provide for others. It can help us be more generous. It can help us feel more peace. Money can be freedom and possibility and adventure, not in a selfish or wicked way, but in a positive, inspiring, enlightening way. A couple days ago on Instagram, I asked a simple question and I invited my followers to respond. The question I asked was, when I say the word money, what is the first word that comes to your mind? I received hundreds of responses and the number one response by a landslide was stress. When I say money, you think stress. There was a handful of other negative emotions like debt, not enough, ugh. I had a lot of people actually just write U-G-H with like a frowny face, ugh. They don't want to think about money. They don't want to talk about money. Money is ugh. And then sprinkled in the very, very small minority, I had a, a handful of freedom, opportunity, travel, exciting, love, It was a really very interesting and unexpected response. And it showed me very clearly that as a group, as a whole, the majority of us have feelings surrounding money that are very negative, that we think about money and it feels like a drag. And I want to challenge that a little bit today in this podcast. I want to invite you, if your first reaction when you think about money is to feel stress or to feel like you don't have enough or to feel overwhelmed, I want you to open up that little part of your mind today as I chat with you about two ways that you can have enough money, two ways to feel as though you do. I want to introduce this idea that money is a circumstance And the way that you think about it is not at all correlated to how much you have. Consider this. Money does not equal happiness or peace or fulfillment or security or ease. When you have more money, you are not automatically more happy, peaceful, fulfilled, secure. And likewise, when you have less money, you don't automatically feel more sad or more stressed or less fulfilled or more insecure, money is a circumstance independent of the way that we feel about it. An example, and I'm sure you can think about these in your own life, I know people personally who have a lot of money, millions of dollars in the bank, no debt, and investments that continue to bring in passive revenue. And yet, they feel consistently very stressed out and anxious and fearful about money. On the flip side, I know people who have very little money, people who are in debt, have less coming in than going out, 
who are not sure that they will make rent and they put things back on the shelf when the grocery goes over budget and yet they feel grateful, abundant, and peaceful about money. If you think about money as the silver bullet that kills all of your problems and creates happiness and peace in your life, I want to invite you to challenge that perspective and ask yourself this question. If you never have more money for the rest of your life, if you never have more money than you do today, what is the very most happy and peaceful about money that you can allow yourself to feel? Money is one of those tricky things because it is infinite in possibility and expansion. No matter what level of money you get to, your brain looks ahead to the next bit that you could have. So as you acquire more, you are always still looking forward. There actually is not a point at which you could finish the race to get more money because there's always more money available. In some ways, that is a positive thing. That can be really an abundant thing to think that. But the way that we most often think about that is that we never will have enough. It doesn't matter how much we have. We never will have enough. So I want you for an experiment right now to consider the idea that if you stopped right now and you never had more money than you do now, month to month stays the same as it is right now, What is the most happy and peaceful that you could allow yourself to feel? Could you, with the amount of money that you have now, taking off the table the possibility of ever having any more, could you feel peaceful, happy, abundant, and content? Could you possibly feel that the amount of money you have right now is enough? I want you to think about that. I mentioned that in my life, I have felt, for the most part, like money was a renewable resource. I've always worked since I was little. I took a a few months off after Plum was born and quickly went back to work because I love the feeling of making money. I love the feeling of contributing to my family and to myself and to the world. When Dave and I first got married, he was playing rugby professionally, although he was paid very little. It was a per diem. He was working part-time. I was going to school full-time and working part-time as a CNA and part-time in retail. Our goal, our first month of marriage, (laughs) was to pay our second month's rent and be able to buy groceries. That was our goal. And we actually sat down the day after we got home from our honeymoon to look at our finances. And our goal going into our marriage was by the end of this month, we would like to have eaten all of the meals that we could possibly eat and pay rent next month. We were as happy as we could be. We were in love. We felt fulfilled. We were enjoying the creative adventure of making it work. And we were happy. Throughout our 12 years of marriage, we have had, we've run the gamut of the financial spectrum. We have had very lean years We have had student debt and a mortgage and children and expenses. And regardless of the circumstances of our finances, our thoughts and feelings about money have been what impacted our everyday life more than the actual reality of the circumstance. Let me say that again. Our thoughts and feelings about money have been what impacted our everyday life more than the actual circumstance of our finances. 
even in times when the finances on paper didn't look as we would hope or expect, the way we felt about our money determined our approach. When we were coming from a place of abundance, we would usually feel empowered, motivated, and excited about the challenge we were facing regarding our finances. For example, that first month, it was a challenge. It was kind of a fun game to see how we could, with side hustles and other things, make enough money to eat and pay rent. However, when in our lives, and we have had these times too, we have come from a place of scarcity. The stress of that has made us feel hopeless at times. And when you feel hopeless about money, you close yourself off to potential opportunities for improving the actual situation. So when you feel excited about the challenge, you create opportunities to change your reality. And when you feel stressed and hopeless, you close yourself off to those same opportunities that could possibly improve your reality. When it comes to money, what is in your mind matters a lot more than what is in your bank account. Now, I'm not a financial professional at all. It's probably a good thing. (laughs) I am not going to offer any true financial advice. I do want to share a perspective about how you can have enough money for the life that you want to live. So today I'm going to share with you these two ways to have enough money. The two ways to have enough money are to acquire more or to desire less. I want to skim through the first one because as you can tell probably from the tone of this podcast, I want to get to what I feel like is the more important part. But they go hand in hand as I talked about when you change your thoughts about money, you invite opportunity to improve your financial situation to acquire more money. And so I want to share with you four ways in our life that we have found we can acquire more. One is to change jobs to a higher paying job. There is a lot of work that goes into finding a job, into getting a job, and it doesn't always pan out the way that you expect. However, changing jobs to a higher paying job is one way that you can acquire more money. Number two is to get a side hustle. I should have a degree in side hustles. I have had every type of side hustle imaginable, starting with babysitting, cleaning offices, working retail. When I was pregnant for the first time, I was working full-time as a nurse, but I wanted to have a side hustle as well, and I started selling women's clothing on Etsy. I created a clothing line, and I popped it online. It has never been easier than now to have a side hustle. And if you want to acquire more money, think about what different skills you have that could create a profitable side hustle for you. Number three, and this is one I really believe a lot in. This is for small business owners, entrepreneurs. Number three is to charge more for your products or services. This has been huge in my life recognizing the value that I'm offering through the work that I do and increasing my prices. So I'm doing the same amount of work, but I'm making more money for the same amount of work because I believe that the value that I'm offering warrants it. And I go above and beyond even what I say I'm going to do. The value is there. If you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, another way you can acquire more money is to charge more. 
and believe that the right customers and the right consumers will be there for you. Number four, the last thing I'm going to mention to acquire more money is to sell things that you own that you don't need anymore. I also should have a degree in selling things. I, over the years, have made thousands of dollars on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and having a yard sale. This goes hand in hand with some of the things we talked about in the capsule wardrobe episode and in the organizing your junk drawer episode, although you might not find a lot of things of value in your junk drawer. But as you're going through and getting rid of things in your life, some of those things may have value and that may be an opportunity that you haven't thought of as a way to acquire more. Okay, I quickly want to just mention those again. Ways to acquire more are to change jobs to a higher paying job, get a side hustle, charge more for your products or services, or to sell things that you own that you do not use. Now I want to get into the second way to have enough money. This, I believe, is even more impactful than the first. The second way to have enough money is to desire less And I'm not talking about necessarily desiring less money. I'm talking about desiring less stuff, desiring less space, desiring less square footage, desiring less designer jewelry, desiring less pairs of shoes. One really important and often overlooked way to have enough money is to reduce the amount of things that we have in our lifestyle that require money. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I think money is awesome. I think it's amazing. And I think that one way that we can feel better about money without having to get any more of it is to step back and realize that we have enough. I'm going to offer four suggestions for how to desire less. One, I mentioned in my episode four about our year of not shopping. Number one is to not browse, don't shop online, don't go into stores, don't search Zillow in the price range, just out of your comfort zone. One way to desire less stuff is to take yourself out of the pathway of seeing all of the stuff that you might desire. Throw away the catalog before you open it so you don't create in your head this imaginary world where you have the amount of money that you would need to buy all of that stuff that you actually don't need. Number two, look around your life and recognize what it is you have today that you wanted a few years ago. Look around your life and remember a time when the life you're living today is the life that you wanted. It was the life that you were striving for. Back then, when you were thinking about the life that you now have, How did you think you were going to feel when you got it? Maybe you're in your first home and there were years that you lived in an apartment or a condo or that you were renting and you were so excited for the day that you would be able to invest in your own home. Do you remember the feelings that you thought would accompany that? The feeling of success and of abundance and of hope. Now that you're here, are you allowing yourself to feel the feelings that you thought you were going to feel? Because that's up to you. How you feel is determined by the way that you choose to think about the situation that you're in. Look around your life and recognize what it is that you have today that you really, really, really wanted. And allow yourself to feel all of those wonderful, grateful feelings that you knew that you would have when you got it. Isn't that an awesome feeling? You already have 
a lot of things that you wanted and now you've got them. Number three, I want you to think about if money wasn't an issue at all in your life, if it didn't bring stress, (laughs) if you had an unlimited resource and you didn't even have to pay attention to it, what about your day-to-day life would be different? I think it's really easy to glamorize the idea of having a ton of money and we think that we would do all of these things and we'd globetrot and we would spend all of our time laying out in a resort and shopping on Fifth Avenue. And would your day-to-day life really look that different if you had an unlimited supply of money? Another thing to consider is how would your day-to-day life feel differently if you had an unlimited, unlimited supply of money? If you look back at the times in your life when you have felt the most happy, the most fulfilled, and the most hopeful, were those feelings of contentment tied to your finances in any way? I can tell you for sure, for me, that they have not been in any way. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, money is a circumstance, and the way that we think about it is not correlated at all to how much we have. Number four this is probably the most important. Decide what feelings you want to have in your life, not what things. Consider how can you feel those feelings in your current life today? Can you feel the feelings you want to feel? Peace, happiness, contentment, abundance, joy, Can you allow yourself to feel those feelings even in the circumstance that you're living right now? Because I can tell you that if you feel stressed about money now and you feel like you don't have enough now, it probably wouldn't change that much even if you had more. The way that you feel about it doesn't correlate to how much you have. So the way to have enough is to feel the life that you're living today is sufficient. To look around and realize that you have the life that you wanted. And if you don't, if you look around and think, well, this isn't at all the life that I want, how can you adjust your thoughts to create feelings of happiness and joy without changing the circumstance? I feel like when we are able to feel like we have enough, that empowers us to then be able to acquire more, that one comes before the other. Like I mentioned, when you come from a place of abundance, you open yourself up to feeling motivated and excited about money. And that feeds your ability to grow it and to enjoy it. And when you come from a place of stress and scarcity, that closes you off from opportunities that may increase your ability to grow the money in your life. To summarize, I would love to just go through the four ways to desire less to help you feel like you have enough money right now. Number one, take yourself out of the situation of seeing all of the millions and millions of things that you actually don't need in your life. Don't browse, don't shop online, don't go in stores unless you need something or need some inspiration. Don't look for things that you can't afford. 
taking yourself out of that situation will really reduce your wide eyes to all of the things that actually won't necessarily make you any happier than you are today. Number two, look around your life right now and recognize what you have today that you wanted a year or two or five, or maybe even just a couple months ago. You are progressing and you have this beautiful life right now built up of many things that at one point were just things that you hoped for. So let yourself feel some of the satisfaction and peace and joy that you thought you would feel when you got to where you actually are today. Number three, remember that if money wasn't an issue for you, your day-to-day life, feelings, thoughts, and struggles may not be super different. That money is not the silver bullet that makes everything wonderful and beautiful and peaceful and happy and magical. That we get to choose the way that we think and the way that we feel independent of any of the circumstances of our life, including our finances. And number four is just that. Decide what feelings you want in your life, not what things. Decide how you can choose to feel grateful and to feel abundant and to feel happy and to feel peaceful in your life right now without changing a single thing about what your bank account looks like or what your credit card statement looks like or what your home looks like. And that leads to really one of my favorite takeaways from this whole podcast, that when you choose to feel happy and optimistic and positive and empowered by your finances, whatever that situation is, you will be open to more creative solutions, to more work opportunities, to more interesting side hustles, to more money flowing into your life in ways that you did not expect simply because your energy and your thoughts and your emotions are on this wavelength that your eyes are wide open to those opportunities and the more that you can put yourself in feeling abundant and feeling excited and feeling not stressed out but grateful about money the more money will come into your life and even if it doesn't you will still get to feel happy and peaceful and grateful. And there really isn't anything better than that. I hope that that there has been some small nugget of truth that you have related to. Some small light bulb moment that has told you that, yes, my life today really is incredible. I have so many things happening right now in my life that I remember really wanting And rather than continually looking forward to that carrot that's dangling in front of our face, with every step we take, it moves a little beyond. We never quite get there. I can look at the life that I'm living right now and recognize it as exactly what is right for me today. And from that place, I'm able to grow. And from that place, I'm able to feel all of the abundant, beautiful feelings about money and everything else that I want to feel. Friends, I have to just thank you every single time for being here and for being so wonderful to listen to the show. And thank you so much for leaving ratings and reviews in iTunes. That makes such a difference to the ability for other people to find the show 
and to listen. And I want to read a review right now. And I'm going to do this every couple episodes. Choose a review to read on the show and then send some special treats to the person who left the review. So this one is from Lee Anna S. So if you're Lee Anna S, send me an email at Miranda at livefreecreative.co and I will get your mailing address to send you out a package. The review is titled, Do the Thing! Exclamation point, which I absolutely adore. The review says this, I always enjoy Miranda's Instagram posts and stories, and this podcast is an even more in-depth discussion of the same creative energy and intentionality that I love. I just finished listening to the first three episodes, and I'm hooked. I have learned so many things from Miranda's examples and lists of suggestions that I will be using starting now, not later. My big picture takeaways so far are to just do the thing, don't make excuses, and find better ways to do the thing. This podcast is perfect for so many aspects of my life, and I can't wait to hear more. Thank you so much, Leanna. I am so glad that you are enjoying the show, and I love your takeaways of just doing the thing. That's one of my favorite takeaways (laughs) as well. As I get ready every week to record a new episode, I just want to sit down and I want to share something that will inspire you to live your life a little bit better, a little bit more freely. With this episode today, I know that money can be a tricky topic and I love the opportunity to share another perspective, that it doesn't have to be negative or stressful, that it can be empowering and wonderful and exciting and adventurous and hopeful. I hope that those feelings permeate through your earbuds and that you can feel me giving you a big, wonderful hug, sharing that I know that you can live your life today with all of the wonderful feelings that you want. If you get a chance to share about the podcast with someone in your life, a friend, a family member, your spouse, I would love for you to do that. And I'm always excited to see reviews and ratings come in. And especially when people share on Instagram, just take a screenshot when you're listening, mention something that you're enjoying about the show and putting that in your Instagram stories. That's huge to spread the word and sharing is caring. And I feel really, really lucky when you guys do that. So thank you so much. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.